0: It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law, featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Whit Brisky, an attorney at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to malkbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call 312-726-1243. Today, I will be speaking with Nat Gant, Professor and Associate Dean of Academic Affairs, as well as the Co-Director of the Center for Ethical Formation and legal education reform at Regent University School of Law. Nat also regularly writes about professional identity, ethics, and other areas of significance to lawyers and law students. And today we're going to be talking about the professional formation movement in legal education, which is how schools nationwide are beginning to recognize the importance of teaching students not just how to think like a lawyer, but also how to have the character traits of a virtuous lawyer. Nat, welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus.
1: It's good to be here.
0: Uh, Nat, how do you view your role in preparing law students to be lawyers?
1: My role is, as you said, I'm the co-director of our Center for Ethical Formation and Legal Education Reform, which is an initiative that we started here at Region a few years ago in response to a couple of studies that came out primarily in 2007, and that really started, I think, the modern... I'll call it the modern professional formation movement in legal education. There's been discussions for, for years about uh, that law schools need to do a better job in certain areas, but in 2007, there were a couple of studies that came out on legal education that both talked about how law schools need to do more in helping their students to develop their professional identity.
0: Well, what does professional identity mean? Yeah.
1: That's, a, that's a great question. We get that all the time. And, and let me give you even a little bit more context. So one of the studies, there were two studies, one called Educating Lawyers by the Carnegie Foundation and another called Best Practices for Legal Education by the Clinical Legal Education Association. And they said things, they, they phrased things a little bit differently um, but had similar themes. And the Carnegie Report really used the term professional identity formation and the Carnegie report said that law schools should do three things to help students succeed in the practice of law or as professionals. Number one, we need to help students. Uh, what they call it? What they call it a cognitive apprenticeship. We need to help students develop this idea of being able to think like a lawyer. You mentioned this a little bit minute ago. Develop their analytical skills, and they said law schools, you're doing a great job with that. Second, they said law schools, you need to help students to develop the practical skills that are important for the practice of law, like good writing skills, research skills, go- good oral advocacy skills. And they said, law schools, you're doing okay in that area, but not, not so great, still have some work to, to, to do, but at least you're working on that area. This third area with, called professional identity formation, they said, law schools, you're doing a really poor job at that. And they looked at research where there's a lot of research out there. This was back in 2007, and now the research is even more compelling but how many lawyers are dissatisfied in the profession they struggle with substance abuse and alcohol issues depression mental health issues and they said the carnegie report said what do all of these lawyers have in common well they all went to law school so they said what is law school to to unfortunately to engender some of these Um, uh, some of these negative consequences in the profession and they said you're not helping students to develop a professional identity so with that what is professional identity what's not professionalism and what I'm sure you've heard the term professionalism in a lot of professions you, you hear we need to be more professional that's a component of it but professionalism tends to focus on the outward conduct of the professional in other words are you treating other people well are you on time are you respectful? Are you um, uh, civil to those members of the other members of the profession? Professional identity, uh, I like this phrase, and this is a phrase that we've used here at Regent, runs deeper. It's, it's looking at has the individual, the budding professional, internalized the values of the profession and developed a moral compass such that that individual will make good decisions, good choices, character building decisions when they're a professional moving forward.
0: Okay. So uh, I, I know you mentioned that uh, uh, there are all these problems with drugs and and so on. And I read the reports of discipline uh, issued against lawyers all the time. And there's always, you know, something behind it. You, you don't, steal money from your clients or do these other things unless there's drugs or alcohol or mental illness or uh, gambling or uh, you know some kind of sexual misconduct also involved it's almost always uh, the case and uh, so when we I want to talk a little bit about that in uh, uh, in just a minute You're listening to uh, Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Whit Brisky of the law firm of Malkin Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear other Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit malkbaker.com. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with the biblical perspective. And so, uh, Nat, I want to talk a little bit about how, how do you see what this legal formation movement can do to help um, these lawyers avoid that kind of problem?
1: Well, it it coming from the perspective of a legal educator, it starts in law schools. I mean, there are definitely things that bar associations are doing. In fact, I was just on a committee uh, with the Virginia State Bar that put out, a I have to say, a phenomenal report on some of these issues related to lawyer wellness, and that's something you could Google and, and find. Um, but particularly thinking about our role as as legal educators because again almost every lawyer goes through law school there's really been a tremendous movement with in the last uh, i would say really 5 or 10 years so again these discussions have been have been ongoing for years and years in, in legal education but there's been a lot of traction and a lot more movement as far as what we can do as in law schools, to help students to think about wellness in addition to professional formation, but just wellness generally. In fact, uh, this conversation is timely. I just we just had our orientation part two for our first year students here at Regent, and uh, part of what I asked is one of our the gentlemen from our counseling center at the university to come and talk with our students about stress management. So. And this is not, we do this at Regent, but at other law schools, there's just been a lot more programming, a lot more intentional discussion about wellness, well being, stress management, those kinds of things, so that when students get into, when they graduate and get into the pressures of the profession, they have some resources, some skills, uh, some uh, habits, hopefully, they've developed to be able to counteract some of these pressures.
0: Well, I, I can uh, sympathize with uh, the stress management because uh, after practicing 45 years, um, it's still stressful. And, uh, sure. you know, if, I, if, I've, if I've got a trial coming up, uh, the stress levels go way up. So, I mean, how would you,
1: how would you advise somebody to,
0: to deal with that kind of stress? Because it's just part of the job.
1: Well, it is part of the job, but I think that, and, and we talk to our students about that. We say that, you know, students, a lot of students, as, you, as you'll as you know, talk a lot about how stressed they are in law school, but we say, well, it doesn't get any easier when you get in the profession. In fact, it's, I think, a lot uh, uh, more of an issue because you're not, you're responsible now for a client in most cases. So, you know, it's hard to answer that question generally, But but the main thing that we talk about is developing habits in law school, whether that's, taking time, particularly as a Christian, taking time, making sure that you have your devotional times, uh, making sure that you have that, that prayerful time each day um, where you're able to center and focus, focus on the Lord, um, having accountability, uh, men and women in your life, people that you can go to when you are uh, stressed, and just talk things through, whether that's uh, professional counsel, but even more, I think, relevant for a lot of folks, having someone a professional mentor, maybe someone in your firm that you can talk things through. Also finding that sense of work-life balance, which is very difficult in the the profession, the practice of law, but knowing that we all have our limits. And so even if we have a big trial coming up, we need to take some time away from the stresses of the office and make sure that we get rest and sleep. And, you know, a lot of these are are basic things. It's just things that we forget sometimes in in the pressures of the profession.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know some of the things you're mentioning, uh, because we're not speaking just to lawyers or prospective lawyers here. Um, it seems to me could also be helpful in any other career that's a
1: high pressure career. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, these are things that when I have when I have uh, folks come in and talk about stress management, uh, some of the tips aren't aren't revelatory. But these are one of the these are the kinds of things that. I think we just need to be reminded of, um, uh, really from a broad perspective, right? I mean, life can be be stressful. And so just when you add on top of that the the pressures of client responsibilities and those kinds of things. And I think, too, I, I will add that the legal profession tends to, uh, be very externally motivating, mean, meaning that we tend to reward, and this is true in other professions, but I think legal profession is even more so, we tend to reward external successes, successes on behalf of our clients, money, professional success. And so those things can put a lot of pressure on lawyers to succeed, to achieve a certain milestone or a certain objective criterion. And that, if you, if you have all that pressure, that causes you maybe to get less sleep or not to eat as well or not to have that mentor that accountability person that you can talk to about your concerns.
0: Yeah, that's, that's certainly true, and uh, uh, it's something we, we as lawyers need to work on. Coming up, we'll talk further with Nat Gant, co-director of the Center for Ethical Formation and Legal Education Reform at Regent School of Law, about the changes being made to adequately prepare future lawyers. I'm Whit Brisky, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Whit Brisky, an attorney at Malkin Baker, a law firm based in Chicago which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to malkbaker.com forward slash radio. Today we've been speaking with Nat Gant, co-director of the Center for Ethical Formation and Legal Education Reform at Regent University School of Law, about the professional formation movement. And, uh, Nat, can you distinguish a little bit between what you are calling professional formation and the teaching of legal ethics? Because I certainly remember uh,
1: being taught legal ethics while I was in law school. But this is something... Sure, absolutely. That's a a great question. I get that question uh, all the time, actually. And I would say there are three levels. Um, of issues related to ethics and professionalism, professional formation. So the, the baseline is ethics or ethical rules. Um, I teach a course called Professional Responsibility. You had that course in law school. It's a requirement that uh, ABA requirement, American Bar Association requirement, that law schools have instruction, in professional responsibility, or the law yeah, governing even, lawyer.
0: Nat, even back in ancient times when I went to <laughs> law school, they had that course.
1: Right, right, and they still have it, so it's good. And we, of course, want law students to know the baseline rules because those are the rules that if you violate, you get into trouble, professional discipline, suspension, you could even lose your license. And uh, then the next level up is, and so those are the, the minimal standards that you have to comply with to not be disciplined. The next level up, I would say, is the professionalism standards that I was mentioning a little bit earlier. Those are the aspirational standards that say we would like lawyers to to treat people well, be respectful, um, be on time, uh, things that are, again, aspirational, not a requirement, but, but good things. And then this this third level, I would say relates to professional formation, which are, what are the values, the professional values, and the internalization of those values that we want um, students and lawyers to, to adhere to? So again, you can follow rules, or you can even be on time and be nice, but the professional identity formation is challenging us as law students and lawyers to internalize those values, so that the good conduct is an outgrowth of our internal moral compass. That's
0: that's now I understand I guess. And so, but what specific virtues and values are we talking about? How can we get in a concrete uh, discussion about that?
1: Sure. Well, as you can imagine, the the list varies a little bit. Um, but uh, a colleague of mine, Ben Madison here at Region, another professor, we've written in this area a fair amount, different articles, and actually we wrote a chapter in the book that was a follow-up to the Best Practices of Legal Education book that I mentioned a little bit ago. And we identified eight institutional professional values. Um, these, are, would be, would, these would resonate for us as, as Christians, but they're broadly institutional values. And I'll just uh, just read through them, integrity. Uh, being true to ourselves, Uh, honesty, diligence or excellence, fairness, seeking justice and truth, courage and honor, wisdom and judgment, compassion, service, and respect for others, and then balance. So those are the eight values that we've identified as important for professionals. And so at Regent, we talk about how can our students develop or internalize those values to help them succeed and be satisfied and content as lawyers. Well, that
0: I could recognize, I think, every one of those uh, virtues and values that you mentioned from one part of Scripture for another. You, you look in you know, a lot of them will be in the Ten Commandments and, or Paul's letters or, you know, the Gospels.
1: They're all over the place, right? Right, right. And that's something I have to say from, from coming from a Christian perspective, we have enjoyed, Professor Madison and I have enjoyed so much engaging the academy, engaging the legal academy, in discussions about professional formation, um, because there are opportunities to to talk about values that that relate to us as Christians, and to talk about the relevance of faith actually in um, in the profession and in the development of the professional.
0: So, is, is there an advantage to um, a law student, a lawyer, who has a strong faith in developing these kind of of uh, these values and these um, virtues?
1: I definitely think so, because it provides, our faith provides a groundedness for us. And at Regent, particularly as a Christian law school, we're able to have very uh, transparent, very intentional discussions about the role of faith in the practice of law, and about how these values, as you said a minute ago, how these values relate to biblical, biblical virtues. And so therefore, these aren't a bunch of values that the profession is telling us we have to adhere to to be a good lawyer, but it's something that we should want to adhere to to be a follower of Christ.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's also a way that, you know, uh, Christians are not always given uh, respect or thought to be uh, all that good within our society now, and this is a way we can show that, hey, wait a minute, the best aspirations of the legal profession are, are, in fact, advanced by our Christian values and our, our, uh, our Christian
1: beliefs. Very true, very true. And again, because this has been, there's been a lot of discussion about this in the broader academy and the broader profession, it, it's, as you're saying, it's such an opportunity for us to underscore the importance of not just you know, doing the right thing, but having those values and virtues that are important for the profession.
0: Right, and, and they come from our faith. They come from our yeah. faith. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Whit Brisky of Malkin Baker, and we're talking to Nat Gantt, co-director of the Center for Ethical Formation and Legal Education Reform at Regent University School of Law about professional formation. And uh, you mentioned, and I want to emphasize, that Regent University is a Christian uh, law school, and uh, there are a few around the country, and we've had... uh, uh, multiple associates uh, work for us, and uh, we've been happy with uh, all of our associates who have come from Regent. Um, so uh, it's a great place great, to go great. And, and get and get a legal education and get a spiritual education at the same time. So I just want to put that plug in for you guys. Uh, great, great. In these last few minutes, can you provide us with some specific teaching methods that Regent has adopted? and how they've been working out in practice.
1: Sure, sure. So one of the things that we're doing here at region I'll mention uh, maybe some things at other schools quickly, but we adopted a few years ago a required first year professional formation course. So, and this is in addition to the professional responsibility course, which we teach in the second year. So in the spring semester of students first year, they take a course we call Foundations of Practice, and we talk about these issues related to professional identity formation. Students. Um, Actually, uh, they take a personality inventory and they uh, take another vocational interest inventory to help them understand more of their own strengths and weaknesses. Then we talk about how they can identify those strengths and weaknesses and incorporate these values that we've talked about into their professional life. And then we talk about ethical decision-making, not just following the rules, but making good decisions when the rules give us some discretion as lawyers. And then a a third component or another component of the course is they actually develop a professional development plan where they talk about given their interests, given their passions, given their gifts and talents, what areas of practice most correspond to those and how they are going to take courses, take internships, um, secure jobs that would really fulfill the calling that that they believe God has placed on their lives. And I will add that the course, um, we've so enjoyed teaching the course. And other schools have not exactly that same course, because we're coming at it from a Christian perspective, and it's a course that we've developed, but other law schools throughout the country have developed courses that, again, focus on this professional formation aspect of students' uh, development, and it's been exciting to be a part of the movement.
0: Well, I think uh, I I want to focus on one area, the idea of, of a student kind of Thinking about while he's in law school or she's in law school about you know what areas do I want to be a litigator do I want to do transactional do I want to practice real estate or you know those kinds of things uh, frequently they come out of people come out of law school and haven't got the foggiest idea. Yeah, of what like,
1: <laughs> like to do it out. Yeah, and oh, by in, in some ways forcing it's not in some ways forcing them because it's a requirement of the course. For them to think about those things the second semester of the first year, we think is very helpful. And just to underscore what I said a minute ago, it's not just, okay, what do you think you like, but the students um, take these inventories to help them have a sense of their gifts and and interests and strengths and weaknesses. And I didn't mention this component, with, but they meet with a faculty mentor here at Regent, and they talk through the results of those inventories and this professional development plan, which is based on a book called Roadmap. It's an ABA book by Neil Hamilton. So they meet with um, a faculty mentor to talk about these things. Uh, Again, (laughs) um, I didn't have this experience, uh, that intentional experience in law school, and I don't think many folks did, but it's exciting that we're able to do that here at Regent.
0: Well, yeah, and of course, I I just want to kind of mention to conclude that uh, it's not always possible to pick exactly what you want to do. Sometimes you end up like the class of 1974, everybody learned how to do pension law because everybody was changing their pension plans. But right. uh, thank you for speaking with us. How can people learn more about region and their great legal education?
1: Well I'll give you two. Uh, you can always Google just Regent University School of Law and that it will pop up. Um, the website for the Center for Ethical Formation and Legal Education Reform is keffler.org um, that's dot org, And then their website for Regent University is just regent.edu. Okay.
0: If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. That's dot com. On our website, you'll find our Lawyers for Jesus podcast, and you can also subscribe to our newsletter for legal insights. Thank you for listening. I'm Whit Brisky, attorney at Malkin Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody.